Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 19th of October, and my name is Helen Freer. Equities fell across the board yesterday. On today's show, I'll be talking about all the latest market news with John T. Warris, and then I'll get an update on currencies and metals from Tim Gagey. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, John T. Good morning, Helen. Now, after promising retail sales data out of the US on Tuesday, which showed that retail sales increased in September, yesterday was quieter in terms of data releases. But we did see US housing and building starts numbers out for September. Let's perhaps start there. What can you tell us about these figures? Yes, that's right. Well, in fact, US uh, single-family home building rebounded in September, having been boosted by demand for new construction amid a fairly acute housing shortage. But the highest mortgage rates in the US in nearly 23 years could potentially slow momentum there and delay the overall housing market recovery. Uh, In addition, the jump in housing starts partially reversed the decline in August. Okay, so it seems like that was a glimmer of good news for the US in a day that was otherwise dominated by a flight to safe haven assets. Maybe you can give us a brief summary of what's behind this risk-off mood. Sure, yes. So uh, the escalating tensions in the Middle East and fears over elevated bond yields have really sent markets into risk aversion mode. While investors are trying to read at the same time the Fed's messaging around rates um, perhaps staying higher for longer. Now, yesterday we saw stocks come under pressure and oil also gained as Iran stepped up its rhetoric against Israel after an explosion at a Gaza hospital. Uh, on Tuesday night, which left hundreds dead. Now, as I'm sure our listeners already know, on US um, President Joe Biden's whistle-stop tour in Tel Aviv yesterday, in some of his first comments, he suggested that the Israeli military was not responsible for the catastrophic attack on the hospital. And this, in turn, gave rise to growing tensions across the Middle East as he publicly sided with Israel. And uh, traders are only too aware that Um, any clear signs of further escalation in the conflict will um, lead to risk aversion in the market. And speaking of risk aversion then, we saw Treasury yields spike again yesterday to their highest level since the financial crisis in 2007. Yes, I know. The yield on the 10-year US Treasury breached the 495 mark for the first time since 2007. And the yield on the two-year spent most of the session around or above the 520 mark. Uh, We also saw flight to other safe havens, uh, such as the Swiss franc, the US dollar, and to gold, the price of which is hovering around its highest level since two months. And we have Tim also later on the show, who I'm sure will have some more for us on currencies. Okay, um, and let's talk now about US market action yesterday. Sure. Well, US stocks ended sharply lower yesterday, ending near their worst levels, with the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq falling more than uh, 1% and the Dow falling by around 1%. Um, All indices are now down for the week. We saw gold finish up 1.7% higher, um, Bitcoin futures were down, and WTI crude settled up 2.1%, ending off its best levels. Okay. And staying with oil, I see there's a lot of volatility at the moment. So what's driving this? Yes, well, oil has um, just fallen from a two-week high after the US agreed to ease its sanctions against Venezuela's oil, gas and gold sectors. And this comes after the Venezuelan government and opposition have agreed to uh, next year's election being monitored by international observers in a signal that President Maduro is ready to take on all challenges in an open election. Sounds like pretty good news then, right? 
Yes, um, it's certainly encouraging. I mean, the deal between the Venezuelan government and the opposition was signed in Barbados on Tuesday, but Washington has since cautioned that the relaxation could be reversed if the electoral pact collapses. And it's worth noting, perhaps, that Venezuela has the world's largest proven oil reserves and the scaling back of US sanctions on its oil industry uh, would likely benefit both countries economically. Now, moving over to the Asia-Pacific region, I see that we've also had some data releases there. How are markets faring in Asia so far today? Yes, well, China's better than expected um, GDP figures are hitting headlines this morning, but softness persists in the key metals consuming infrastructure and real estate sectors. Real estate really remains the biggest drag on metals demand in China, as can be seen in falling investments. And this softness cannot be compensated by the infrastructure sector, uh, despite recent news reports of record high speed uh, rail projects there in China. And in Asian markets, shed slid today as risk aversion prevailed in the market due to mounting worries over Middle East tensions. Um, Japanese and Korea benchmarks are now down over 1.5%, while the Hang Seng was down by over 2% when I checked a moment ago. Um, mainland China and Australian indices are also lower by more than 1%, and the Aussie dollar has also fallen relative to its all its group of 10 peers after the unemployment rate uh, down under rose less than forecast in September. This reflects the Reserve Bank of Australia's assessment that the labour market there has reached a turning point, while fewer people are looking for work, uh, which has sent the uh, jobless rate lower. Okay, and just finally then, John T, what can we expect for the day ahead in terms of data releases? Well, there's not too much on the data front today, Helen. Um, Indonesia will announce its latest rate decision, where expectations are for a hold at 5.75%. And other expected data include Dutch unemployment and French manufacturing confidence. Uh, Later this afternoon, after the US market open, we can expect to see US existing home sales, where expectations are for a slight decrease there. And uh, European heavyweights Nestle and L'Oreal are among companies scheduled to report earnings or sales results today. And a quick look at the futures board currently shows US equities set for a negative open later today. It's red everywhere I look. And that's it from me today, Helen. Great. Thank you very much, John T, for the interesting roundup this morning. Thanks for having me, Helen. And now, Tim, over to you. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Helen. Thank you. So, Geopolitics seems to be the main theme in markets this week then. Has has that been true for you in FX as well? Yeah, absolutely has. Last week, FX and precious metals markets really seemed quite unmoved by all the turbulence. But Friday was a bit of a tipping point and the horrifying explosion at the Al-Ali Arab hospital really focused everyone's minds into understanding that it is a very serious situation that is not going anywhere. One should also remember from the war in Ukraine, that just because something seems utterly illogical and not beneficial to either party, it does not mean that it will not happen because people are not rational, especially some of the people involved in this terrible conflict. So gold started its dizzying rise on Friday and has made a a new high basically every day this week, peaking yesterday at 1962. On the FX side, the Swiss franc has really been the main beneficiary. Dollar Swiss hasn't really gone too far, but sterling Swiss, euro Swiss, pretty much any cross actually in Swiss francs other than dollar have really moved sharply in favour of the Swissie. And in both cases, gold and Swiss franc, this is absolutely in the teeth of some really quite serious yield differential. You see US 10-year today hitting a new high at 496. It's pretty impressive that people are willing to be in the low-yielding Swiss franc and zero-yielding gold. And what about the US dollar and the yen then? Aren't they usually the safe havens? 
Yeah, they are. And I think this time, maybe not so much and for different reasons. To be fair, on the dollar side, I think everyone just has too many dollars already. So if that's what you want, you're probably quite well positioned. It's hard to buy them at these levels, even with yields so high. Yes, US economic data is constantly above expectations, but I think we're actually getting a bit fatigued with this and perhaps a bit sceptical. I mean, if every piece of data is better than the forecast, is the data really better? Or are the forecast of the data just junk? I think it is a lot of column B personally. So I think the dollar might struggle a bit to push on much further. The yen, on the other hand, is absolutely glued to this 150 level against the dollar. Admittedly, as it hasn't broken, this has meant that yen crosses are a little bit lower. But overall, who'd buy a negative yielding currency, which is devalued 15% this year, where monetary policy is so completely detached from reality? Okay, if I was feeling brave then, how would you suggest I take advantage of any of these moves? Well, brave trades are usually contrarian trades. Volatility has picked up quite a bit in gold and even a bit in Swiss franc crosses, so selling some volatility here certainly pays well. I wouldn't do this uncovered. I think being short gold in the current environment could really blow up in your face, but selling a call on existing gold exposure or indeed perhaps selling some gold and switching the proceeds into perhaps a capital guaranteed note, they're really good ways to generate some return and or lock in some of the recent gains. I've also spoken a lot recently about shorting the Swiss franc. Of course, right now with this latest move, this trade is not looking so clever if you look at the spot rate, but the carry has insulated this to a degree, which was kind of the idea. So if you haven't done so already, I think some short Swiss franc exposure, either through a forward or perhaps switching loan from one currency to another, could definitely make sense with such a big difference in yields. And what about if I'm not feeling brave? Any protective measures you would suggest? I think if you're worried about a continuing safe haven rally, then this capital protective note on gold really makes sense. I mean, it's difficult to just buy something outright, but at least if you can have some protection, then if a speedy resolution is suddenly found, you're not suddenly found yourself sitting on something that just cuffs up all its gains in a day or two. I think the main thing to check if you're worried is your liquidity and leverage. And this applies to all asset classes. I know it sounds obvious, but it's always worth repeating. If you're highly leveraged, then you're highly exposed to the current market environment because spot moves against you, volatility increases. So sometimes it's better to lighten up a bit ahead of time rather than being forced out at always the worst possible level due to margin issues. Such markets as the current one usually end up looking like opportunities if you can figure it out, but you only really know that afterwards. So I would just try to make sure you have enough depth to ride out any eventual storms and have clear ideas about where your own worst case scenarios sit. It's always better to have control and make your own decisions on your positioning rather than having it all decided for you by the market itself later. And on that rather gloomy note, thank you, Helen, for the chat. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I wish you an excellent rest of the week. Thank you very much, Tim, for the update. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning. And thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone. And bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. 
We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.